Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi, everyone. It's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, and finally, we're reading <laughs> Legendborn by Tracy Dion, and we're finishing the book by discussing chapters 57 through 58. Did anyone else get, like, weirdly sad when you finished? Or was that uh, just me? It was very weird. I I don't know because I like I said I for the last like couple of chapters I finished the book every single time so I've like read the chapters we were covering and then just kept reading so the last like two I guess but um I don't think I got sad I think I'm more like I always feel a little sad when we finish a book just because it's like oh yeah fun times with with her team but i think for this one more so it's like oh we have to wait so long for blood and it's not even that long but like it it is one of those like books where you just want to roll immediately into the next one yeah i think also it could have to do with like the fact that we're reading multiple chapters at a time like this is the first season where we've not done a chapter at a time so i think that's part of it too it's like oh this just feels like it went by really fast which it did but it would have been longer if we had done yeah one chapter at a time which i'm glad we didn't Mm -hmm. we don't we don't need to do that but it was just a different like different experience i guess yeah i don't know if that i was sad i think i i don't where i am i think is that i was like um i my reading has petered off which is fine like i'm still reading a decent amount of books but i was like think reflecting like have i been reading slower because partially because i know i'm getting to the end of one thing i'm reading along with like you know multiple mm. with so many people so it's just like oh my brain is like take your time savor the moment kind of thing that i was like i think probably hit so like these reading these last two chapters so i was like oh well it's kind of felt anticlimactic, honestly, for me. I was just like, oh. yeah, maybe that's what it is. That's <laughs> okay. what it was. I think because I just it just was done, and I was like, okay, oh, that's it. Like again, like I not, did, not I... the book itself, but just like the the process of doing yeah, it is yeah, weird. It's a weird. Way I did to read. feel that too, though, and I was wondering about that. So it's funny to hear you guys say it of like finishing the book and being like, oh, huh, and uh, so yeah, I was like. Because obviously, I haven't read Legendborn like that much. I believe this is my second time. Because I don't, yeah, because I didn't reread it before I read Bloodmark. Because I did it pretty, it took me, I sat on it for a really long time. So it took me a while. Um, but I did like, I do remember when I first read through audio and it ended and I felt very like, can't wait for this to continue but like also very like satisfied with the way it ended you know it definitely ends on a like you know it's not over um but this time i i did have like a like hmm i don't feel as like satisfied 
but that I think it's probably the nature of like how we're doing it and knowing that like maybe I'll fill that after we finish recording today I'll be like oh we're done yeah maybe, I yeah. mean like I plan to reread Bloodmark like when we finish but oh yeah part of me because I also finished another book that same day that I read mm-hmm. that I finished Legendborn and I was like, should I go just go into Bloodmark now? And I was like, nah, because we're still about to like, we have two more weeks. Like we have this week and we mm-hmm. have next week. So I'm like, I'm going to wait um, at least till we finish this episode. Um, just to like, you know, get a little bit of space. Space, but or like space, but also just make sure it's like, okay, we're done. We're now moving on or whatever. But yeah, it's just a different, I wonder if we're going to feel like that when we read our next book, like if it's going to do a similar thing, just because we're like, just the nature of how we're reading it. It's just, it's interesting. Cause I just finished it and I was yeah. like, wow, that's it. We don't, we're not, <laughs> there's nothing else. Yeah. I, I do think there's something different reading, about reading a book for Wither Team um, in both of the ways. So like when we, when we just did the bonus episode for Within These Wicked Walls, like we had to read the entire book before, cause we, the, the, it's one episode on one book. Um, but there is like a, I feel like a normal book, like when I'm normally reading a book, I read the book like in the story, like, or for the story fully. And then when I'm talking about it with people, I'm talking about it um, more holistically, but like also like when I'm reading for Wizard Team, I'm, I'm also very cognizant of like, oh, that is like a discussion point or this is something I want to make sure that I like, Mm. like while I'm reading you know what I mean so I'm kind of like dissecting it while I'm reading it as opposed to being like even in like you know books that have like foreshadowing and stuff where you're like oh is that mm, that might be a clue or something but you're not but you're like reading that to wait to like see if it comes back up later in the book Mm -hmm. as opposed to like oh let me like fit on this and like ruminate because I'm going to want to like mention this specific, this art specifically for wizard team. Does that make sense? And so I feel like sometimes um, reading for wizard team, I, I mean, we've already talked about like paying attention to like things that are like things sticking out more that probably wouldn't on our first read, but like, it's just a different muscle. And so I think that's possibly also like when I was like, I'm definitely reading Bloodmark. It's like, I'm waiting till we finish to start Bloodmark because I'm not going to read Bloodmark for Wither Team. I'm like, right. I'm going to take all the stuff that we've talked about into my reading of Bloodmark, but I'm definitely going to be like, I am trying to like, you know, strengthen my uh cell brick <laughs> talking point that's why I'm, i don't know <laughs> yeah i was going to say that i um when as i was like my anticlimactic moment when i was finishing it i was like oh maybe it feels anticlimactic because we i haven't had time to talk it over yet and once like the, we finished the mm-hmm. episode recording then now the climax completed like we're done we're done move on yeah and mm-hmm. speaking of dissecting let's dissect mm-hmm. how we got here to chapter 57 <laughs> um, transition and how we what we talked about last episode of wizard team 
Um, so previously on Wizard Team, Bree's foremother, Vera, takes her on a memory walk. Um, it is a memory walk that is written in verse and the flow of it and what's happening kind of merge in a way that is like, you know, it's very traumatic, but it's told in a way that it lingers and it sits in Bree's mind. Uh, in this way, we learned that Vera was raped by the uh, plantation owner and human trafficker um, who enslaved her family and others on his plantation. This man was a Davis and also sign of Arthur. Um, Vera runs away when she realizes that he is going to kill her because she is pregnant and he cannot have the sign of Arthur bloodline continue through her. Um, she realizes this danger. She decides to call on her ancestors who um, work with her to bind the root to her and her line through bloodcraft and protect all daughters, including the one that she's about to have, uh, from the order. Bree then sees how the magic passes from daughter to daughter through death. Uh, Robin pointedly pointed out that she witnesses every one of her foremother's deaths. So tragedy, trauma, all over. And it's all happening in her brain while she's in the middle of a traumatic event, personally, like actually in reality. So it's just a lot of a lot of stuff on top of each other. Vera then releases Arthur with Bree's permission. Um, Arthur rears his ugly head in Bree's mind. Um, luckily for Bree, um, this allows her to fight off the demons that come at her, including a grizzly bear. Um, and Arthur is like. Uh, help the bear because he is ready <laughs> um she also is able to pull a scalibur which nick was unable to do um and she uses that in battle with the legendborn um and arthur um takes a page out of george r, r. martin's book and he tells everyone to bend the knee and tor decides she won't be doing that and that's where we ended previously on wizard now we are in chapter 57 um and we've like it opens with brie waking up to post-its stuck to her forehead which is like you know i love you william never change um <laughs> he's tried every like, location so far he put it on her chest yeah. he put it on her he's yeah. like please read like, and, just, and do what I say. Yeah. <laughs> please, please chill. Um, so basically it gives her a little bit of a rundown. Our Brie had collapsed after driving Excalibur back into the stone, which is like, you know, shout out to Black Mama talking about put that back where you found it. Um, I, yeah, I was going to say, I love how she's just like, I don't actually want this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just put this back where it goes and I'm out. Like, <laughs> I, I need to just set this down you before. Just <laughs> you just know if Dud Davis had pulled Excalibur, he would have been. He would have carried, carried it around with him. All time. And like, you see what it is. <laughs> but like, I feel like she was also like, she's like considering Arthur, like how he was already a problem. She was like, I don't need these problems. Like, I don't need Arthur <laughs> yeah. ready to go anytime he's Excalibur's in his vantage point. Like, I'm good. Mm. No. It's I mean, because she did say when again. she picked it up, like war was like seeing yeah. in her veins. So mm -hmm. like I yeah, I could get it. She's like, oh let's keep like, Arthur in check. Yeah. Let's, let's keep that. these problems underground. Um and then she uh, is carried back to the lodge by Cell. Uh, William says it was all very dramatic and that Alice um, made sure that 
she would get cheesy grits when she was ready to wake up. And William likes Alice and we like Alice, though it was rocky at the start. Um, now. We, we, we've turned things around. <laughs> I'm thinking. Viana's not Vianna. letting her, her irk for Alice go away. <laughs> Contextually. I've let it go. She was tripping, but I feel like I just need. I feel like you're forgiven, like, not forgotten. Forgive, exactly, forgiven, but not. <laughs> yeah, forgotten. exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I love this because Brie then cries. She says she cries for her Vera, she cries for her ancestors, she cries for her family and for her mother, and then she cries for herself. And I'm like, you needed that, girl. Get mm-hmm. it all out. 100%. Like yes. <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh, like we said, you got a lot going on. A whole lot. You've taken in a whole lot of information. A lot of that information was very traumatic. Um, you've seen people die in front of you. You've seen people die generations in the past. Um, you've seen, you've unearthed hidden family secrets and hidden secrets of this, like, thousand-year-old order you need a you need a good cry and that is like well within your right um Mm -hmm. then as she's crying about all of this cell burst in looking for nick brie realizes that she's in nick's empty room and that nick is not there and cell says that nick has been kidnapped um by oh go ahead uh oh actually sorry i wanted to go back slightly before we get there i was gonna say something about that and then i just looked down and i realized i had pulled a quote out that i thought was really good where she says um i'm the product of violence and i am the scion of arthur and i don't want to be either and that's you know while she's having her like her her cry cry. um yeah again much needed cry but i think that that's like super like real and i think also the fact like obviously you know most or really all descendants of like american chattel slavery are the products of violence right um but in this case it's also inextricably tied to her being the scion of arthur so it's like it's more than just like, oh yeah, I'm stepping into this glory or whatever that these other people have like been hyping up to me this whole time. It's like, no, I became this through this really like traumatic um, and horrible situation. And now I have to like bear that weight. Like, I feel like I really appreciate the way that Tracy intertwines the two so that you never mm-hmm. really forget. Um, and it's very, it's like, it's interesting because right, it's it's not really a metaphor for like slavery, but it just like in some ways because it's a fantasy story, like it does kind of drive it home a little bit more. I think. Um, so yeah, I just I always think that. about like there's like it's I don't know if it's a cliche, and I think that that's like something that people say to try and comfort themselves but it always is like rubbed me the wrong way which is like i mean people use it when they're talking about like abortions of like all this stuff like you're you're like now you're here right and it's like i would not i am not self-absorbed enough to ask for my existence to be tied to the like 
violence of my ancestors. And also, like, I would like to think, I mean, I personally don't, don't care. We live in a capitalist hellscape. If I wasn't here, great. But I would like to think that, like, I would still be here just, like, as a product of a healthier, like, more, like, whole family. And, like, you know, you talk about, like, we talk about how trauma, like, is, it can fit in your genetics. And so, yeah, like, me as who I am exactly probably would be different. But I don't think that there is, like, this, like, I don't know. It's never brought me comfort to think, like, yeah, your ancestors went through a lot, but, like, now you're here. You know, that's never been a thing that's, like, mm-hmm. I've found comfort in. And I like the way that Brie articulates that of, like, I don't want to be the product of violence and I don't want to be the product of the sign of Arthur because that is also violent. And, um, and then still realizing that, like, in the same way in which she was giving Nick grace and sell grace, like she also like did not have a choice and did not have a say in it. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that you can hold both of those things. Like I don't, I don't begrudge my, my ancestors or I don't, I don't know. Like I, I don't celebrate my ancestors trauma because it allowed me to get here but also I'm here now and like what can I do moving forward to like make their sacrifices and the violence that they faced meaningful um in in my life um or not valid but like you know I don't want to take it for granted and like recognize Mm it um so yeah, I I like that quote. Um, and there's another quote later in this chapter that I think does another good job of like kind of highlighting, holding those really awful facts while also dealing with what's to come. Um, but so Cell explains that he had been mesmered by Isaac and then Isaac dumped him in the woods two miles away. And Nick has been kidnapped by uh, Daddy Davis and Isaac. Again. Um, I'm Dad just like... Davis, why do you keep saying Daddy? Please stop calling him Daddy. Oh my God, Gross. it's so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Dang it. It's because I just recently read like... I think it was Lena who was like, how dare you keep calling this man Daddy Davis? And I was like, I don't know, but now it's in my head again. I was calling him Dud Lach. Um, and because it's... Um, it's not. <laughs> Think about it this way. Would he like you calling him daddy? And then keep moving. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. You do not like um, So... <laughs> I just want to talk about how out of pocket it is that... Nick is gone again like he was just he just got brought back and then he got took immediately again and him and Bree did not get to talk about any of Anything. what just went down he's giving Denzel in distress like he it really he, he really is, is. No. 
He a hundred percent is, which I love that as being like turned on his head. Like, yeah, you yeah. be in distress. And also <laughs> like Sheesh continues into blood marked, where I was like, God He's damn the ultimate damsel in distress. Like that's what he is. That's that's Nick. Come on now. Nick's the, da- Nick the damsel. Nick um, the damsel. <laughs> Davis. Um, so Dud Davis and Damsel Davis have gone. Um, Nick and or sorry, Cell and Bree have been like calling nonstop. And well, hold up. also Cell um, is like so upset and he looks lost. Like that's like something yeah. that like Bree says when he first bursts into like the room. Also, mm-hmm. she was sleeping in Nick's bedroom. So clearly yeah. there was a plan to have a conversation mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. have a conversation. You know how they do, but I mean, Cell's the one who took her to Nick's bedroom. So I feel like this is gonna be a three person conversation. Um or three non-conversation. It should be though. All three of them, all three of them need a conversation. Everybody needs to talk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Truly. Um, agreed. I I think it's but also, also funny, like. So... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, you know, obviously, we're getting this from Bree's perspective in the sense of like she and Nick definitely need to talk just to like figure out. You know, Bree has had her cry, but she still mm-hmm. has to process a lot of what is happening. Um, and Nick also has like they all have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like. The fact that Nick now is going to have to do that on his own while his father has, like, kidnapped him and is just, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a whole added thing, right? Um, I mean, he already knew his dad, like, wasn't shit. And probably before he got kidnapped the second time was definitely aware. Um, I don't know that. I think he had, like, a very complicated... That's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying before the second time. I'm saying while they were down in the Ogoff... He was definitely okay. like, oh, this man is wildin'. Not Trash. before that. Okay. I'm saying, okay. yeah. I'm saying, like, now that he's been kidnapped the second time, he does not want to be there. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. like, this is not. I'm just laughing at the last thing he saw of his dad before he was kidnapped was his dad running away like a little baby. And then the first thing you're going to do to be a big bad man is, like, kidnap your own child? Like, oh, you a big boss. Oh, you doing big boss <laughs> things for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so weak hilarious <laughs> like and then we have like a moment of it's the first kind of small moment of tour tripping mm. but not the last by any means so they are like so breeze pacing calling his phone um and then tour goes has anyone else tried calling him as if nick just isn't answering brie as if like she he's he's just decided to leave her on red right when like two minutes ago or 30 minutes ago or whatever that demon Roz, was like the only way to get to nick is through brie because that boy is in love not even that <laughs> she whose bedroom was brie in how did she just get down right. where she just come from come on how do you even know who brie is nick what happened when brie left and his daddy kidnapped him the first time he went off like come on like oh yeah the, the answer is just someone else should call him um and then Sal is like kidnappers don't tend to let their hostages call home victoria um, <laughs> and he's uh sitting beside Bree in the chair, 
and he can she can feel the heat of ether radiating from his skin. So, you know, just throwing just throwing that out there. Um, so they start to talk about like why would um Nick be kidnapped by Davis and uh, Isaac and Sal says it's to keep the table from gathering and that the regents will do whatever it takes to get Lancelot back and then give Dud Davis whatever he wants in order to have to have that happen. And so he's holding William, his, his own son hostage. He is holding his own son hostage Are for you his leverage own for power. Like, just for power yeah. leverage. For his like, own means, bro. yes. This is the yeah. fruit of his loons or whatever. Loons or whatever. Um, so then William is like, okay, can you, can we stop, go back to, not the beginning, but like, can we just get our bearings here? Can you let me know again, like, what's going on? And, um, and so then Bree explains that, or, well, I, I guess, because Cell is kind of like, they wouldn't, or someone asked, like, why wouldn't they take Brie as well? They were in the same room. And Cell's like, why would they take, you know, Arthur, who's already, like, an awakened sign of Arthur, right? Because now she has, like, his power. Um, so that who he cannot control and who's, like, full set of powers he doesn't understand. And um, Brie has to explain that um, she's a medium and a blood crafter, which means that she can generate her own ether or root. Um, and that she's the sign of author through Vera. Cause William's like, you, you were, you're in and out of it when we got you out of the cave. I'm not calling it the Uga, Uga Booga. I don't know how to say that. Um, the dragon cave. The dragon cave. Uh, you were kind of muttering and you're in and out of it. You said, you were kept saying Vera. Um, and so she's like, yes, Vera is my ancestor um, who was raped by a Davis. And um, that's how she became, the, that's how Brie is the sign of Arthur. And so then William goes into like man in the chair, let's research mama's mode. Um, and I love that it says William's grief has sent him diving into work. He's eager to dig into all that Arthur's possession entails. Um, and and Brie is kind of like, I don't really want to go through this again, but if it helps you. And William is like, we need as much information as possible before we can figure out what to do next, right? Like, we can't go after Nick. We don't even know, like, what's happening. So mm -hmm. William explains that in the early 1800s, Samuel Davis was a son of Arthur and a slave owner. He grimaces, but because of Vera, because Vera survived um, Samuel Davis and was not cold or murdered. If they were like, if there's a sliver of chance that she would be pregnant with their child, he would have hunted her down and killed her. So, but because mm -hmm. Vera survived, they become this uh, Brie and her ancestors family becomes a splinter in the line and i'm like i understand what they mean by that i hate i take umbrage with the term splinter because like the line 
continues. It's just outside of the order's mm. purview. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It the line continues the way it's always meant to continue. It's just that the the order no longer has control or knowledge of who of where the line is. It's not a splinter. Right. The Davises, as you know, they're known, are no longer the line. Like, right. If anything, they're a splinter of the Reynolds. Well, no, that's why right. I, like, I love exactly. that part. Whenever William was like, oh, so they're not even Davises? And I was they're like, not even Davises. Yeah. So she's like, um, right, so then she's like telling that he's like, "What's the name of the other person?" Um, and that is Paul Michael Reynolds, who lived near the Davis plantation around the same time. Um, and so the Davises, like, like you guys just said, are actually the splinter of the Williams line, uh, or the Reynolds line. And then Sarah says, "Oh, it's like it's like the Guinevere legend replaying itself," which. Um, we talked about, I think, last episode, but I love like mm-hmm. how they kind of nod to it um, and then I move was, on. I was going <laughs> to say that, like, in the, and not again bringing in that uh, product of violence thing, because um, mm-hmm. we're going to get there with Tor. Um, but I feel like part of the getting that ironed out thing is like noting how much the order has been parked and has like eagerly participated in awful things and mm-hmm. not reprimanded mm-hmm. and not it's like the order is elite not because in morality or in um humanitarianness or philanthropy or mm-hmm. anything of that nature it's really it's elite because it is part of violence and i feel, I feel like a lot of what we can come to expect um from brie being known as the sign of Arthur is um, more violence for, for people who do not would have uh, who do not want her to be there um, are not going to own up for how she ended up being there and the violence behind that nor are they going to want to actually deal with how the violence within their own lines has allowed them to be prominent in their lines so I feel like there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of like reckoning with them trying to say some untoward stuff about how some black folks ended up being the top line of the order that they have made and shaped to be as like a white supremacist and capitalist as it is. Um, And it's like all part and parcel of how they expected things to go. So it really looks like a failing on Samuel Davis's part, like in their eyes, Samuel Davis failed to deal with a problem that he created and that right. is going to uh, be how they look at Brie for the end, for for now on like that's she's a mistake um, and I love that this comes up in the conversation with Tor because it's like you knew it was going to happen and they're not going to own that they were doing awful things and that's how Brie got there they're not going to own that part they're going to own well you're the problem the product of the violence is the problem not the actual violence itself that's yeah, and I think I think it's a really great like allegory or commentary on like just like white supremacy and like European settler colonialization in general because like if you think about 
the way in which they describe themselves versus what they're actually doing, there's always been that disconnect of like they, they'll rewrite it. They'll naming, do the awful thing and then naming the violence for what it. it is. Yeah. yeah. And so when, you know, they are settling the Americas, you know, they're helping to like and settle is such a nice what do they call, term. Like, like settling like, is such a like. Oh, we just right, like, got yeah. so like we just burrowed in and we like just when they're here, occupying you know? when they come and like mm-hmm. occupy America. What do they they call it? Like they're civilizing the natives. Civilizing, yeah, civilizing like the savage, like mm-hmm. native indigenous population, um, and the civiliz the civilizing that they do, how they get them civilized is genocidal violence um and the order is fighting demons and fighting against demons but the way in which they take on that fight is indiscriminate violence and they create the mm-hmm. fight in the first demons place and, even, right the, yeah the demons are only if they hadn't even around. came over here yeah. then <laughs> the demons wouldn't have even been drawn to all that yeah so I think I do think that that's like a really good call. As and as Sarah's asking these questions um, and saying it's like the Guinevere le- legend, and then asking kind of like, what are we going to tell the regents? And they're kind of trying to figure that out. Tor leaves the room and then re-enters and says that she called the regents emissary and that they're on their way. Tor, um, oh no, no. And that, Tor left the room snitch. before William William got the full details of how Vera was like part of yeah. it. Like Tor could tell the conversation. No, was she go. got that. No, she got that. She um she so got the says, she got that part. It happened. She so. she she gets through she doesn't get through all of it. That's what I'm saying. She, she left gets through part of it and then she leaves. Yeah. She left before they had to sit and actually reckon with the details of how violent and awful mm-hmm. the fact like she, I feel like she was curious enough to want to know how Bury got there. And then also once she like realized like, oh, it's having to hold people accountable for being rapists. I don't want to, I don't, that's too many feelings. I'm going to go and make these moves so that um, everybody can, will be part of the concept of like, who's in charge here? It's me. The only valid white person in charge. Like, no. Yeah. Well, so she did leave the room before she, before um, they really go through the whole thing. So it says that Tor, where are we at? They're when they're asking about like why they would take Nick and not Bree. It says that Bree is something new, something powerful, and that the theory is that Arthur will inhabit Bree. And this is when William's kind of going, trying to go through it, and ask her, ask her to like explain her lineage. Tor excuses herself just as Sarah walks in with a craft of coffee and mugs. So she does miss the understanding like the full breakdown of, of them figuring out like where the lines split but so she comes back in telling them that she's already called their emissary and that the regions are on their way Cell yells at her and tore in response says she's in charge now and that she had to um she, she had to do it because they have Two dead squires, a dead scion, a Gorachel who murdered a squire and infiltrated us for months, and that there are others embedded in the order. What do you think will happen if we try to hide all of that? Is if Tor is like 
justification and sounds like it's not your call to make you're not in charge Bree's in charge Bree is sitting right here like Bree. um and then tori says Bree is what our king by accident this is a mistake and then well Bree i gives her a little smackdown oh alice tells um yells at her saying can't believe you're calling 300 years of shadow slavery 300 years of accidents and then Bree. Mm-hmm gives her a bit of a smackdown about how that man knew exactly what he was doing. It wasn't an accident. He liked owning her. He liked having control over her body. And then he also was totally fine with ending her life once it was no longer useful to him um, or once it became an inconvenience, right? So- um, I love how Alice was like, oh, we got time today. Right. Yeah. I know. And I, I, say, I just love, I love the, the best friends team up on the SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And then I Tor, like, I, I just want, like, I want to read this part because I, I know we try not to, like, read directly from the book, but this change of, it's like whiplash, but it's also like, oh, so you were just determined to be the worst. So, I, like I said, Brie is laying in the tour saying, um, what that man did was not an accident. He knew exactly what he was doing. He liked owning her life, her body, and he wasn't the only one. She wasn't the only one. And Tor's response to that is, people gave their lives for the cause last night, and you, what, just showed up at the last minute? As if Bree's people didn't give their lives. As if everything First of all, Bree as if they said, didn't give their lives. But also, she was literally in that mission in the battle you were actually the one who showed it. up last minute because you were hurt and she freaking got kidnapped like yeah she'd been in this yeah also i will also go post moving because you're trying literally to, you're really trying to just derail the conversation and go where you want to go with it which is you want to be in charge that's where you're trying to go you don't yeah. actually want to be under realize the power that brie has you don't want to do that because we talk about let's if you want to talk about last night let's talk about last night who, where, mm-hmm. where did Arthur show up? Did he show up in Nick? No, he showed up in me. So again, little tortoise. Also, how did y'all tour? even know to go We're to good. that cave? Bree showed back up and told right. y'all what the fuck was going it on. It don't you matter because at the end of the, the day, Arthur lodge. resides in Bree. So what are we going to do, baby? <laughs> right. Trying to pull rank? Try me. Like, can anybody control that? Like, it's done. Right. That's been it's done. done. Y'all ain't been the science of Arthur for Since the 1800s, so it's been done. Hello. She, she just showed up. <laughs> You just showed up, right? You're mad because the bloodline you should have been trying to get with this whole time was a black butt bloodline. That's what you're mad about. That's what you're mad. Everybody in this whole piece should have been trying to angle for being with my family if they really wanted Arthur's bloodline, and now you're mad. Keep it. Um, It's also interesting, too, like, and it it came up just also at the end of the last chapter when, like, she's the only one who doesn't bow. Um like the levels of indoctrination these people have um, and like what trumps what, you know what I mean? Like she, like for Cell and for all these other folks who are like, oh, that's Arthur, that's Arthur, right? Like they were surprised because obviously it's a shock. Didn't nobody know, but the line is lost. So Bree's Arthur, boom, you know, mama called him Arthur, we'll call her Arthur. So this is what (laughs) it is. But with Tor, that like racism trumps that, but she also can justify it in her head as if she's still serving the order and still serving the lines. Mm-hmm. Because in her mind, right, in the same way that like 
Davis, all of his actions, he didn't get caught because in his head and his justification, he's still serving the lines, even though ultimately he's really serving himself. Um, she is this generation. She's a Davis. Right. She's yeah. able to like still, you know, she can convolute herself around her oaths because in her head, this is not legitimate and not valid. The dissonance right. is like, and then like, I can hold the dissonance. It's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So self snaps back and like says, Brie is your king. And then Tor says, not my king, not when she doesn't even want to be here. And then Alice comes in with this. Ooh, I love when best friends hit you with the okie doke, the one, two punch. Right. So Alice says, sign a Tristan, right? Brie doesn't have a choice in any of this, as far as I can tell. And neither do you third ranked. Because guess what? you're right. still under Nick and Nick is still under, is, and Nick not only is under Brie, but is willingly trying to be under Brie. You know what I'm saying? So, ma'am, it's what it is. Okay. If you want to pull the line, if you want to pull rank, let's pull ranks. Third rank. Third, third ranked. Not even, she not even number two. Like, you're not even number two. two. Like, what are, you, what are you even talking about? You're not top two. So, what are you talking about? So, Sit your ass down. Tor lunges at Alice. Sarah catches Tor around the waist. Cell moves in front of Alice, but Alice doesn't even flinch. She said, Kobe. It's not even that. <laughs> Alice is like, Alice is like, ice water in me. the veins. Try me. <laughs> like, I noticed you was ready to move them lips two seconds ago, but then I hit you with some facts and you don't got nothing to say. You're ready to move your hands. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Three is like good to say. Nothing of of any. You're third ranked for a reason, honey. There's nothing valid coming out of your mouth. Come on. I also love that Alice knew that like somebody had her. Yeah. (laughs) She was like, I'm not gonna get hit. It's fine. I'm good. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Wizard Team is back for a new season, and with that comes a few changes. The one we're most excited about, other than reading Legendborn by Tracy Dion, is that the Patreon chat is back. Support our work by becoming a BNC baddie at any tier, and you'll be able to watch us record live weekly, have your thoughts included on the podcast, and interact with other baddies. Go to patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate to join. So... William's like done with all of this. He's like, everybody sit down, sh- calm down, Tor, back off. I will sedate all you motherfuckers. Like, just sit down. Tor um, glares at Alice and Brie both because these, these colored people are in her lodge. She's not happy about it. And then speeds out of the room William in a gust of wind. And just be like, Phew! and just knock Tor out. <laughs> and she just yeah. be sedated. For and like some, for a decent amount of time, I love though that like she 
like she's over here being like i'm in charge but then alice who's not even i mean i guess we they they're telling everyone that she's a vassal but like it's not in this like literally talking about just got here alice just got here and then william who is what sixth ranked seventh ranked both put her in her place so like you don't have the juice my dear um and all she can do is like turn tail and run um i if someone if is anyone listening because I honestly, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't care about Arthur enough to do this. And it's not going to, I'm just not going to retain the information. Um, but if anyone listening knows about the lore of the round table, well, I just would like, would be interested in knowing if there was a relationship between Arthur and Tristan, who is the uh, legend born that Tor is representing. Like, is their relationship contentious? Is this like a playoff of a relationship that was already part of the lore? Like, where is this? Like, that would be interesting to know because it's, I don't know. I think it's, it, yeah. I would be interested because like Arthur definitely like wrinkled at Tor not bowing down to him. But I wonder if that's also at all related to how uh, Tristan was in relationship with him whenever they were all alive together. So I do know, well, I just know from a quick um google search that tristan and Isolde, which would be became like the movie or whatever mm-hmm. um, I saw the movie. drink a love potion and fall in love and then begins a relationship that leads to tristan's banishment and death so i'm assuming he's banished at some point so I saw the movie, but what hit with me in the movie was the romance, not necessarily what was going on. Yeah, I don't know if that was part of the movie or not, because it was about him and it was about the relationship. So, yeah, he goes. He's sent to um, fetch a queen, the queen Isolt, and then in the process of bringing her back, they fall in love. But it doesn't say much about. Well, I can't do a quick. Um, I'm just going off of a quick, like, I guess there's like a kingarthursknights.com. Um, it doesn't say much about his relationship. With each of the knights. With Arthur. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. As someone who's the, who is a lorist, an Arthur lorist, or knows someone who's an Arthur lorist who could just like share that, that'd be interesting. I just, I like to know um, how much research um, Arthur's like have done, like, or any artist. I like knowing that like, like I can like be like, oh bro, you really did that. Like you really brought some obscure like lore that it takes longer to like pull up and then brought it into like, your storytelling in a really interesting way. Um, and give like kudos to that if that's actually a thing that like excuse me, exists yeah. in the mythology. And I don't know, I keep saying Tristan, it might be Tristane. The pronouncement's maybe different because of old Welsh and English. Also, Tristan and Isolde, as you gave the um, summary of it, kind of sounded like Thor. I mean, not Thor. Shrek and Fiona. Is that the premise for Shrek? He's supposed to go and get a queen for someone else, but then he ends up falling in love with her himself, and then he's in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. 
sorry for throwing you down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm like literally on Wikipedia now. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll do that when we, <laughs> when we when we end. I'll go back down my uh, rabbit hole. Um, but it's a good question. So, tour leaves, right? Grief thinking, is it normal for a king to want to mollywop one of her knights? Is it? it I don't know. Is that okay? Um, I mean... Probably Arthur would tell her. Arthur, I mean, Arthur <laughs> yeah. had the blood of. If Ray Arthur was awake right now, Arthur would have. I mean, her. Arthur wanted to mollywop all of them when he was because they didn't kneel. He was like, "Yo, right. like, she was the only one know. who didn't kneel. She was so, the only one who didn't kneel. Yeah, so he's already ready. He's already ready. Yep. He's already like, when I catch um, you, Ricky. When I catch you, Ricky. That's what he's. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Breeze trying to grapple with the fact that she's like. She is now in charge. Um, she tells them she needs some air and then um, goes off to like a balcony. And then we get, I know without looking that it's Cell who eases the door to the balcony open and then closes it behind him because she can sense him because they are linked as one. Bree or maybe Cell tells. One, but they... <laughs> I'm surprised you maybe not. she smell not yet. they're in the air when he walks. Listen. <laughs> They see each other. She knows. That's okay? all that matters. She feels him. That is how she knows her heart will go on. Okay? Far across the ocean. I see you. I feel you. So when near far, wherever you are, you he is here in her heart, and her heart will go on and on and on. Thank you. Thank you, Celine Dion, for that poetry. <laughs> Where was I? Now I don't know because See? their hearts will go on. Oh, so <laughs> Bree and Cell are talking. Bree and Cell are talking. Cell apologizes and then Bree's like, I don't know why. This is all fucked up. Ain't ain't nobody. He's apologizing. Alive. He's apologizing because he wasn't really familiar with her game, you know? That's why. <laughs> That's why. So Cell's trying to be like. We don't have that much time, but um, we're going to need the regents and the mage seneschals resources and intel to find Nick. Um, and then swears that they will find him. And Bree is like, all of this, like his father's abuse, like the abuse of you, the abuse of Nick, it was all for a lie. And then reminds, And then that reminds her to tell him about seeing his mother in her memory walk. So while she was, well, she like, when she was telling the story, there was a moment where yeah. she skips over it and she makes eye contact with cell. And they have a moment where like, he knows that she's leaving something out. Yeah. And she's like, I'll tell you, they have, you know, it's a quick look yeah. where they're like, a quick little like, he's like, there's more to this story. And she's like, I'll tell you later. Um, I love so that he, he came out to get the tea. He was like, "Oh, now." I'm <laughs> <laughs> he now said, "I'm like, I'm gonna come check on you, but also, also you know, the it's also time." Happening here, early, you know, um, there was a look. So, um, she tells Sal about how his mother posed as as the Merlin assigned to her mother's case, and that they were friends, um, <clears throat> and allies, and like Nick, their bloodlines are connected in ways we never they never imagined. And Cell is like, it's not that I don't believe you, 
But how powerful is my mother or was my mother that she could survive? Um, and at her age and her power level away from the order, she should have succumbed to her blood years ago. And Bree's like, she was lucid and focused morning, but in complete control of her abilities. And he's like, that's impossible. And then Bree finally gets to the thing that I've been wanting to say forever, which is, it's only impossible if what the order says is true about Merlins. And like, maybe Merlins mm-hmm. don't have to succumb to their blood. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I understand why, because Cell is also like, that's a, yeah, that's a dangerous thing to say. <laughs> I think it's also a scary thing for him to hear, right? Like, yeah. again, these they keep having these moments of, like, I'm sure, like, obviously Cell has his issues with the Order. I think they all have their, like, individual or personal issues with the Order and where they are, but, like, they stay here and they put up with it because of the things that they're taught. Like, they, they it has to be for the greater good, right? Like, everything they're saying has to be true, mm-hmm. even if the way that they go about things may be harmful or in ways that they don't agree but it has to be true to be worth it and i think that again because it's a cult to then have those things be like those questions come in like it completely shifts your whole in the way even Bree, like you know she has not even been here but her realizing she's arthur and being like oh so y'all went through all this bullshit literally for nothing because y'all weren't even the (laughs) science y'all weren't even arthur so you didn't even have to deal with all of that Right. It and also so, reminds me a lot of, and I hate to like, because it's not all, Christianity is a very um, large and varied, there's lots of strains and, and flavors of Christianity, so don't be like, my church never, blah, blah, blah. But there are, I think I talked about this um, in our bonus episode with within these Wicked Walls, like, there are... Um, sects of christianity there's sects of all religions i'm i'm gonna i i believe that like hinge on like the the idea of like is it worth questioning because like if you you know eternal damnation is like a threat where you're like if that's true then I need to stay in line, right? Like the threat of that mm-hmm. being a possibility is kind of like so large that it's like, I don't even know if it's worth it to question because if it ends up being true, then I'm internally damned, right? So like for Cell, it's like, it could not be true. Like it, this is like, a he says like, it's a, it's knowledge that would be dangerous to possess or share, but also, if what the order says is true, um, going against that means that I'm risking my sanity. And like, mm-hmm. is it is that worse? Is that is the possibility that they're lying worse the risk of succumbing to like them telling the, the truth, the demon blood, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so. Brie acknowledges, like, yeah, this is dangerous knowledge, and that's why I wanted to wait until we were alone to tell you, because I, like, she figured, like, um, the consequences of saying that, like, out loud, especially in a place where someone like Tor could hear them banding this theory around, could be pretty great. And so 
they stand in silence and then Cell says, you are my king now, Cariad. And Free mm-hmm. is like looking at him and the way in which he said that and she's already overwhelmed and so she knows that she doesn't want to know what Cariad means. Like she's not even going to ask what that means because she's scared of what the answer is. And she's I want to overwhelmed, say, child. She said, you know what? There's this I've had enough to process. And then that's for hours. This is, you know. I can't even I can't even do it. I can't even I can't. And I and, and I feel that, but also that's an iconic line. Very, you know. Yikes. Sorry, but also, I too would have been like, ooh. But also, also, today. <laughs> it means love, and we don't find that out forever. I mean, we could like, have you gotta go Googled, through, <laughs> which I didn't. I was Damn like, I'm gonna let, it, I'm gonna let of, the mystery be the mystery. All of Bloodmarked, unless you unless you go and look it up, like you gotta go through all of Bloodmarked before you figure out what the hell he's trying to say. And Tracy must pay for her crimes because, like. <laughs> I didn't look it up because I was like, I'm going to read the next book. We're going to figure this out. And you kind of like through context clues. I'm like, it's a, it's a declaration of Term a of sort, mm-hmm. you know, like he, mm-hmm. you, Brie knew just by looking at his eyes. Like, I don't know what the Welsh means. I can't. She, yeah, she, the thing I, is, is she knew it's more just yeah. like, I don't want to confront that right I now. I can't translate that, but I am, I'm picking up what you laying down and I'm going to just set it down gently and pick it up later. Um, <laughs> We're not I'm going just, to examine it. I but at the same time, it's like Selwyn, bro. Uh, I just told you that your mama not only is still alive, but is doing well enough to under to be sane when you've been told she is supposed to not be able to be sane. Um, and you're telling you're over here dropping hints at something that neither of us are in a place. You were just concerned about Nicholas. You're still pining for this boy. And you over here trying to talk to me about something similar. And I neither of us are in a good place. So, neither neither I mean, Brie nor though, Cell are in a good so place to be talking Brie about. Brie might that right now. might be no. part but demon, I think there's two different She she got it like that. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I was gonna say though, I do think there's like two different things going on though, in terms of what he's saying, right? Like if he had just said you are my king now without the term of endearment that's still heavy right because they're talking about before that again they're talking about like how if the orders is lying about like the nature of merlin's like that changes everything right i think part of it is him like deciding that he's gonna follow brie right like it's not it's no longer the order and like he that's not his not that it's not his concern and not that he's not going to try to work within the order, especially like, you know, his, find his Nick alliance or whatever, but is with her. His alliance is with Brie. Mm-hmm. So whatever Brie is deciding to do, that's where he's going. And I think that that's kind of what he's decided after hearing this like possibility that like Merlin's couldn't succumb, you know, may not succumb to their blood or, um, you know, whatever that means. Um, and then the carry part is also just like, yeah, is there's there's a romantic like note to that, but I do think that again those are like two different things. It may also still be entwined, right? Part of it is he's definitely mm-hmm. fallen for this girl, so part of it is because of that. But I think it also has to do with the nature of the conversation and where it was going before that. Um, and I think Brie also, again, like we saw with folks were kneeling, like she doesn't actually want that um, 
fealty. Like she doesn't want people mm-hmm. to be, just be blindly following her. She doesn't want to be in charge. Um, so yeah, so I think it's also just like two different levels of like, okay, there's like this clear bond that we have. Um, and also like, you're not my Merlin, which I think maybe she says in the next page or whatever, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you actually are oath to somebody and it's You're not oath to, to Nick. Um, which is a, which is a triangle moment. Just, just want to point out. Yeah. Is uh, what is that? You, uh, is it? Is it? Yeah, you know, I'm so into you by SWV, where the end course is you're not mine, and I'm like, sir, like, <laughs> like, ma'am, why are you? Why are you talking about how you're singing this whole song is about how you're into this dude, and then we don't we get to the end, and you're like, you're not, you're not mine, can't, you're can't not mine, don't, and you're like. Mm. Plot twist. <laughs> Love me now or I'll go crazy is what Phil saying. <sighs> so we end this chapter. It's a it's a good chunk of a lot of again, Brie got a lot going on. Arthur is like, we will face the shadows we always have. And then Vera is like, there is a cost to being a legend daughter, but fear not, you will not bear it alone. Cause I think she's like, I understand you got this loud ass, pompous ass man in your man. <laughs> And that is the cost, but I'm here with you. And Bree says if she concentrates, she can almost feel three different heartbeats behind her ribs. And she asks Cell if they can get out of there, and he smiles. And that is the end of chapter 57. That three heartbeats, I feel like, as somebody too many. who is asthmatic. Five heartbeats. Bandit. As someone who has is, is is asthmatic, I feel like no, thank you, no, no. thank you, please. <laughs> someone who's not asthmatic, but you know, no, thank you. Also, you know, ang- anxiety. Imagine. Well, I got that. In space, <laughs> Just imagine. So. Yeah. yeah, you feel one heartbeat. It's alarming enough, but three trying to come down from a panic attack. No. <laughs> Before three different hearts? Three people no. having a panic attack at the same time. In, in one, one body. body. In the same body? In one Absolutely body. Absolutely not. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Ooh. Okay, chapter 58. Um, we are full circle. Bree and Sal are back at the quarry. It's just the two of them. It's dark. I don't what is it? Like a month since we we're here last. It's been two it's weeks. Like, and she's had a racism every day. It's been like at least two, three weeks. It's it hasn't so, even been that long. Even... Ridiculous. Um, so here is kind of like she's ending. So I kind I like the end and the fact that like yes, obviously we have a lot of unsaw unresolved uh strands, but again, the book does come full circle and does like have its own kind of ending. Um, and in this sense, again, right, you're in the quarry with Cell, which is how we started off. They were, she was in the quarry by herself or had gone off by herself. And that's where she first met Selwyn. Um, but in this moment, she's like, we're ending with like her thoughts on Nick and like how she's going to save him and like how she feels about him. Um, but also like having Selwyn there as support right so again this triangle is triangulating um and yeah so she decides she'll she will fight to save nick um in part because she knows that he would do the same for her um she also admits to herself that she loves him and that 
she won't lose someone she loves again, which, and that's not quite what she says. She says, I won't lose someone I love again while I have like this power, right? Which is not quite the same as just like period point Blake, but it does give no more deaths. So I'm going <laughs> to just lay that there. Very sorry, Brie. And then she has this moment. Hold up. I want to read it though. She says, as I bend to untie my shoelaces, um, well, hold up. No, 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 no. Where am I? Okay, sorry. Um, so she is, you know, taking off her shoes, getting ready to jump or getting ready to run. Um, she can feel Cell watching, but he stays silent. He's just like letting her do what she needs to do. Um, she crouches into the dirt and looks into the sky. Um, and then it says, I dig fingers into cool earth and it sends whispers up into my arms. I push toes into the buried memories of bodies gone past, bodies running away and bodies bearing through. This is why I'm here. I need one wild horizon, one sharp moment that belongs only to me before I return to battle. No, no more before, no more after, only now. So again, like there's been so much happening and it's all very overwhelming. Um, and I think this is a good moment to just like kind of ground her in herself, especially when you got three heartbeats in you, like ground you in yourself, ground mm-hmm. you in like, why you're here, how you got here, who you're honoring, what, who you're doing this for. Um, and then taking that moment for yourself to like release all of this shit before you have to like refocus into like whatever's coming next. Right. Um, so it just feels a lot different from the first chapter where she's considering jumping and it's literally just as a way to like escape from her grief and, you know, try to feel something other than, her sadness and her anger and like the after Brie. Um, whereas this is more like a final release to then refocus, I guess. Um, so yeah. So then she takes off and then she, she, the last line is, um, and then I'm in the air leaving the earth and trees far behind me. Should I just, it's a very short chapter compared to the last one, but yeah. But I do think that, like, I like the way that this ends because I was not expecting Bloodmark to be so, like, kind of, like, on the road type of, you know, like, we're going on a journey type of thing. And so um, seeing this, I was, like, you know, she she takes this leap and I read it, you know, my first time reading Bloodmark is, like, I'm taking a leap into, like, the unknown of, like, this order and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. meanwhile my back of my brain is like you still gotta go to class in the morning this is crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's also like taking a leap into like the wider world of all of this and like really opening herself up and we'll find this out um like immediately as the next book starts almost and so i liked i liked it I like the ending more once I started Bloodmarked than just like kind of, I, I think that's part of the like ambiguity of finishing like this as well as like, it just leaves it open to what, what is to come. Um, so I think you, I think it was good that it was done. It was small, like you get a lot of information in chapter 57 and like really like kind of answers to like open-ended questions more questions you know going forward 
Um, and so I like that this chapter is short and to the point of just like, she's not going to run. She's going to like stand her ground and, and be open to whatever happens next. Mm-hmm. I think it also sets up the fact that like Brie was intrigued by Cell when she first saw him. And she now ends the book with a way better understanding of who he is as a person. It goes from like, it's just, just a little crush to like her actually like knowing who he is as a person and him being telling her that he loves her um, without her knowing it. It's like a whole, like it's a full circle moment, you know, but it's also like she's in a place that's far way further um, past where she started um, in a way that is like fulfilling to that, like where, like who she's with, um, and also sets up who she'll be with when Bloodmark um, is underway. And then, um, so I love how it sets all that up. And then I also love that um, some of the last stuff we saw uh, from chapter fifty-seven um, and where she is now is like. Um, more connected to the people who came from before her, her ancestors. Mm-hmm. And when she was at the quarry, you know, the first couple of chapters or whatever, that was her feeling a real link from being disconnected from her family line, from her mother's mm-hmm. line. And now she's in a place of like, I know I'm not alone because my ancestors visit me and I'm able to speak to them and I'm, she's able to build those relationships with them. And so while she may not have her mother, um, and she still is in grief for that. She does have a connection that she did not have while her mother even was still around. So she's gained a level of um, internal recognition that was impossible to her before. Um, and it doesn't make up for her mother being gone, but it does give her space to actually uh, be better about positioning who she is herself um, in the moment rather than trying to be the person before or after her mother's death. So I I love how that kind of like the full circle is not only with like where she is locationally, but also where she is mentally and like with her heart. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay. With that, who is your MVP of this episode? I had to give it to three distinct people and I'm sorry about that, but they each did what needed to be done. So um Brie for doing a very admirable job processing all of this and um like honoring not only like what she's gone through and what the order has gone through but also like what her whole family line has gone through and and being able to hold all of those things and also like I I feel like you could see this like you know it got silent and quiet when she's telling them like how she becomes Arthur but she's very like matter of fact about like this is what happened like this is the the truth of your history you know what I mean um and you can like venerate and like put these people on a pedestal all you want to but like this is the reality um and I think sometimes it's often put on victims to kind of soften the blow and not make like 
the perpetrators feel guilt or the or the, not even the perpetrators but like the perpetrators ancestors or whatever they don't want to feel guilty about what their ancestors did to get into the positions that they're in and so um she doesn't sugarcoat anything she's just like this is what happened um then i have to give it to alice for just being like ride or die talk shit get hit knuckety buck like she just said you know i might be new here but let me tell you about yourself third ranked um and then william because it doesn't matter what his rank is he is in charge okay and like there's no problem threatening them with sedation if they don't shut the fuck up like i got i got plans to make i got research to do all this bickering is not going to help that get that done so and he's doing all of that while like dealing with the loss of his bond with witty yeah so there's that too yeah Damn, uh, Woody was only in here for like two seconds. Witty was Witty made was out of pocket. Imagine like bonding with somebody and then they immediately get taken away. Like, and that's what's yeah. messed up about William's like place in the line because it's like this is like something like consistently happens to William's uh, <laughs> squires apparently, and that's real messed up. Um, but also the fact that like Witty made a big impression without having to be around long. Like, I I appreciate mm-hmm. that for Witty. Like, I'm glad their presence was felt like it it's their their loss is a really big loss rust to an extent but witty was there mm-hmm. yeah um i made alice my mvp uh for all the reasons you said robin i also was like trying to decide because just the brie alice sell william like this is the first kind of moment we get the four of them in the same scene together um, and obviously we get a lot of them together in Bloodmarked, but I just love how they all have Breeze back in that moment. And so she doesn't have to sit there and kind of deal with Tor and, uh, you know, explaining this, having to explain all of this alone. Um, but I gave it to Alice specifically just cause you know, that's her best friend. Like she's not, she's just not, you're not about to play with her. She does not play about Bree, and I appreciate that. Um, and that third ranked line, finally, because how many times has this girl told us that she's third ranked? Too many times. Don't nobody care. And she's proud and of like, it. Just, You're third ranked and proud. I'm like, girl. I guess you gotta be, be proud of something, but dang, okay. Come on. Um, didn't, so yeah, so Porsche, apparently. <laughs> um, I made my MVP the OG uh, Vera because Vera um, while only like a one liner, her line is mighty and I really like S with it. And like, I think that um, we talked about it last episode, so I don't really have to go into it about how she, every time she interacts with Brie, she makes sure that Brie is making the choice and like has agency over all the things that are to come. And I think her, being the OG that she is, setting that standard with Brie actually is going to allow for Brie to be able to move forward with confidence and make good decisions because she knows that she should be able to have her own agency. Even her OG ancestor looks to her to have her own agency. So why shouldn't she demand that from anyone else? So I I really appreciate Vera for that. And the line that I mentioned is the line from uh, chapter 57 uh, where Vera says, there is a cost of being a legend, daughter, but fear not. 
you will not bear it alone. And I love that for all being ancestors, um, standing up for us as uh, their their survival is how we got here. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just wanted to note, because I meant to bring this up before, um, in regards to the order and how puffed up, I guess this is, I guess is, I'll just bring that up whenever we go to bench. Oh, well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go bench. down. Let's just tour. Let's do it. Down. Yeah, tour. Done. My God. Please sit. Um, I put tour plus Dud Davis plus Isaac because like y'all are kidnapping fiends for, you're simping for an order for power. And just, just because you're, you again, Tor is third ranked, you're second ranked. So we see how number two and number three energy is working here. And it's real pathetic. It's real simp. It's real dull. And I just want to lay clear how much, again, we were talking earlier about how uh, the order has no moral standards or high grounded standing on. It's literally standing on being part of and like, ushering and organizing white supremacy and ushering it into the Americas. And that is not anything to be proud of. And here are these three suckers just reveling in it. And my, the part that I was going to bring up is um, it's from my, it, like part of Breeze finding out that she's Arthur's uh, Legendborn is that like she it, it gave me, it reminded me of when um, Angela Davis did um, the, what is the name of that guy, the professor? Finding Your Roots. Finding Your Roots. Um, and the yep. professor's name. Skip Gates. Uh, Henry, Gates. Lu- Henry Louis Gates. When Henry Louis Gates. I probably keep calling him by his family name. Right. Like <laughs> she told me somebody you know. She knows. That's, oh, that's Uncle Lewis Skip. Gates. That's from Uncle Skip from Junior. up the street. That's yeah. how yeah. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't hear no. You're the only person I know who calls that man Skip. What? <laughs> that's yes. not true. <laughs> yes, I've been watching Fight in Your Roots for I've a long time. Up to anybody who says, "Oh, you know, Skip Gates was doing that thing." No. Never, never, because well, you don't know people who about this PBS life. That I guess not. <laughs> um, <laughs> he a professor with all his. Like, I know. And put some respect on that Skip. man's name, of course. Yes. But on PBS, that's Skip. Uh, okay. <laughs> so Henry Louis, it's reminded me whenever Henry Louis Gates um, told Angela Davis that her ancestors came from the uh, the Mayflower, and she was, you know, visibly and rightfully devastated by that. And he was like, "Why not be like it's your that's a that's a lineage that's like a like um, highly praised lineage, and it's like homie like." I'm realizing, like, if I if my bloodline is tied to them, then I know it's real messed up. And I love that. I love Angela mm-hmm. Davis for that. Um, and I feel like so much of Tor is that. I mean, so much of the Order is that. They are the Mayflower people. And Brie is Angela Davis. And the sitting here, like, like profoundly disturbed because she had to see what her bloodline went through to survive them trying to like, they didn't know to hunt them down because uh, Samuel Davis did that one hunt he did and whatever he did like sequentially, but he did not tell anyone else about it because no one knew to Mm -hmm. be looking for Brie and them like that. Um, 
So I really, that's another reason why I give a chalk up to Vera because she really did that to make sure her family line is taken care of, but an extra F you to all these people who are trying to propagate the order as if it's this great thing. This like adding to the mythos of like the Mayflower and all that, like, oh, it's all good and, and mighty and stuff. And it's the best thing that happened to this world. And it's like, no, let's stop right there. Let's not keep doing this. Um, and so F tour dead davis and isaac especially and uh, on top of that that's where i was but also if y'all have not seen angela davis find out that she is tied to the mayflower look that up on finding your roots that's why black people can't be proud about being tied to these white legacies like that columbus who for what Okay, sorry, got a burp. Okay. Um, <laughs> and with no, that, sorry, bringing me the ball. <laughs> and with that, uh, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to send in your votes for MVP and benched by the time that we record on December seventeenth. Um, the final show for this season. Um, the link to the form where you can vote is in the show notes wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can also join us next week when we wrap up our Legendborn read and give us your live thoughts as we talk about that. If you're a um, wizard right? team is part of, oh yeah, if you're a baddie, if you're you a baddie, join us for our last, you can join us live. Last read, you know, our last convo. But also, if you're not a baddie, just um, send us some, like you know, write some comments down so we can talk about that too. Or yeah, send us some questions, or become a baddie, but also send us some questions. Yeah. We Before wanna, December 17th, you got things you want to know about our season or things coming up, like, you know, send us Let a us question. Know. Yeah, send us a question, a comment, a, a, you know, an emoji, whatever. Um, Wizard Team is part of the Black Nerds Create Collective. If you want to keep up with our content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Wizard Team Pod and at Black Nerds Create. Bye. Bye. Thank you.